My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Maya Wickler. The climate crisis is feeling increasingly overwhelming. It can be really hard to know what we should be doing in response. Of course, there's no single answer to that question. Certainly collective and politicized responses are more likely to be effective than individual changes in consumption habits, but that still leaves a wide and diverse field for potential action. That said, those of us who are settlers in North America have to reckon with the fact that the intertwined mess that is colonialism and capitalism is the central root cause of the climate crisis. Climate action has to prioritize supporting indigenous people who are resisting colonialism, including, but not limited, to those who are resisting fossil fuel infrastructure projects. That means supporting grassroots frontline land and water protectors like the Unistoten Camp and the Tiny House Warriors out in British Columbia, and it can also include financially supporting various legal actions being taken by First Nations against such projects. The Trans Mountain Pipeline runs from the tar sands in Alberta to the British Columbia coast. Several years ago, then-owner Kinder Morgan launched a project to twin the pipeline and thereby double its capacity. The project was initially approved by the federal Liberal government in late 2016. Opposition to Trans Mountain is based on its violation of the sovereignty of a number of the indigenous nations whose territory it crosses, its contribution to the climate crisis, the impact the increased tanker traffic would have on wildlife in the Salish Sea, the risk of pipeline leaks, and more. After the approval, there was an upsurge in grassroots opposition to the project, and a number of environmental organizations and First Nations launched legal challenges to the approval. These acts of resistance, the delays they caused, and the overall fiscal picture for the project led to Kinder Morgan's decision to withdraw in early 2018. In May of that year, the federal Liberal government spent $4 billion to purchase the pipeline with the intention of seeing the expansion completed. Then, in August 2018, the Federal Court of Appeal overturned the approval of Trans Mountain on the grounds of inadequate consultation, and they ordered the federal government to redo the assessment process. Following a process that critics have said was little better than the first time around, the federal government approved what is now its own pipeline project in June 2019. And of course, another round of legal challenges were soon launched. Maya Wickler lives in Vancouver, B.C. She works as the digital communications coordinator for an organization called Raven Trust, whose mission is to raise money to support First Nations in legal battles. In that role, she's involved in the Pull Together campaign, a collaboration between Raven and the Sierra Club BC. The current Pull Together campaign is in fact its third iteration. The first two raised $700,000 each for litigation by First Nations that helped to defeat Enbridge's Northern Gateway Pipeline and the first approval of Trans Mountain, respectively. The current campaign has already raised over $100,000 to support the First Nations whose legal challenge to the most recent approval of Trans Mountain was given permission to proceed in early September. 
Notably, none of the non-Indigenous challenges were permitted to go forward by the court. According to Wickler, Pull Together has succeeded in the past through facilitating a wide range of ordinary people doing lots of different things to raise money. People can donate directly on the Pull Together site. They can use the campaign's infrastructure to create their own online fundraiser. Or they can plan some kind of offline fundraising event. Dinner parties, walks, pub nights, clothing swaps, swims, and anything else you could imagine. And they've also partnered with local businesses. All of the money raised goes towards the litigation by First Nations. And according to Wickler, First Nations are routinely outspent by a ratio of 100 to 1 in these kinds of legal battles, so every dollar is crucial. I speak with Wickler about the Trans Mountain Tar Sands Pipeline Expansion Project, and about the work of Pull Together to support the First Nations who are challenging it in court. My name is Maya Wickler. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia. I have been involved in environmental and human rights justice work for quite some time now. As a young person myself, I'm 26. I really am concerned about climate change and the ongoing climate crisis that we are seeing around the world. And I also firmly believe in the tenets of reconciliation and that Indigenous stewardship of the lands is not only crucial for addressing climate change impacts and restoring environmental health, but it's also vital as a way to assert and reconcile wrongs of the past by restoring rights and stewardship and title to the land and really creating ways for there to be consent brought back into these processes and spaces. So I just really view Indigenous sovereignty as inextricable from climate justice. And I think that climate justice is the most pressing issue of our time right now. I use the term climate justice because it is an issue that is perpetuated by these larger systems of oppression. And when we start asserting climate justice and fighting for that, it will not only create a better environment and address climate change impacts, but it also will create better human rights situations and scenarios. It addresses migrant rights. It addresses indigenous rights. It addresses food sovereignty. It addresses corporate accountability and corporate abuse. It just encompasses everything because everything is connected to what got us into this mess in the first place. I first got involved with Pulled Together back in 2017 when we were in our first round of the campaign organizing to raise funds for the first round of legal challenges. And ever since then, I was completely inspired and moved by this organizing strategy and wanted to get involved more. And that's led to where I am now working for Raven Trust. Pull Together is one of Raven Trust's campaigns. Raven Trust is the only nonprofit organization in Canada right now where the strategy is solely to raise funds that are given directly to Indigenous nations that are asserting their legal rights in the courts. So the main premise of Raven in their theory of change is just simply getting these Indigenous nations access to the courts. 
Raven Trust is supporting frontline communities and groups, specifically Indigenous nations, in asserting their rights. The core values of Raven Trust operates from the premise that Indigenous rights already exist. They're already outlined in the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. They're already in the Canadian Constitution, but they need to be upheld. And for them to be upheld, there needs to be the possibility for litigation to ensure those rights and to also set precedent of Indigenous communities really having their rights upheld. Historically and presently, Indigenous communities are outspent $100 to every dollar on average with litigation in the courts. So a lot of times when Indigenous rights are violated or their lands are completely devastated by mining disasters or tailings ponds or the tar sands or pipelines, it's really difficult for nations to access the courts because it would cost their community every ounce of energy, every bit of money to raise enough funds to even consider a legal defense. So Raven really addresses that need by raising the funds through grassroots organizing to support nations to really build their cases and realize that they can have access to the courts because they're not standing alone. Instead, they have so many different people standing behind them and channeling resources and networks and energy into their fight. And it's been proven incredibly successful. Raven supported the different nations that were challenging the Enbridge pipeline uh, she's referring here to the Northern Gateway Pipeline. And that was eventually canceled. There was a successful lawsuit. And that lawsuit was possible because of the huge fundraising efforts that happened. And Raven has raised over millions of dollars for different communities asserting their rights. So today we're mainly talking about the Pull Together campaign as a response to the Trans Mountain Tar Sands Pipeline expansion project. Before we get to talking more about the campaign, what is Trans Mountain and what are the main objections to it? So the government is expanding their twinning uh, pipeline that already exists. So they're doubling the capacity of the pipeline. Instead of just referring to it as a Trans Mountain expansion, we like to specifically refer to it as the Trans Mountain Expansion Pipeline and Tankers Project because they are building a pipeline from the tar sands to the west coast and this pipeline is going to be running through salmon bearing streams different beautiful parks and really crucial ecosystems and it's also going through indigenous territories and it will be running through that pipeline before it's then loaded onto ships with toxic diluted bitumen and the project would also mean a seven-fold increase in tanker traffic in the Salish Sea. The Globe and Mail did an amazing piece last year about how dangerous that is because of that tanker traffic route. They would be navigating really dangerous travel routes through narrow inlets with a really high spill risk and likelihood. And diluted bitumen is nearly impossible to clean up. So just that alone is a huge, huge risk. And in addition to that, the sevenfold increase in tanker traffic means that there will be insane 
sustain disruption in the waters with sound for the orcas. It would pretty much spell extinction for the southern resident orca whales because they rely on being able to communicate with one another. And that is seriously impacted by the tanker sounds that happen in those waters. On top of that, it's increasing tar sands output. And we really cannot afford another pipeline when we're in the middle of a climate crisis. The tar sands is one of the dirtiest fossil fuel production sites in the world. And this project would further support tar sands production, which is incredibly harmful for the environment. This pipeline is problematic in every single stage of its life cycle, from the source at the tar sands to it leaving in the tankers and being transported in the Salish Sea. Every single part of that process is so problematic for the communities on the ground who are on the front lines of the tar sands production, the communities whose lands the pipeline goes through and would then be at risk of a spill, and the communities where the pipeline also is close to their waterways as well. So many different groups and organizations and communities that are in this line of impact have voice that they do not want this to happen. And outline the basic sequence of events surrounding Trans Mountain in the last few years. The Canadian government officially gave the stamp of approval to Kinder Morgan's Trans Mountain Pipeline Expansion Project in November 2016. That's when we kicked off Pull Together the People versus Kinder Morgan. We just had people organizing different efforts everywhere. We had a walk for the Salish Sea where hundreds of people walked from Victoria to Burnaby and raised $25,000 for the legal challenges to stop the Trans Mountain Pipeline Project. There was a swim for the Salish Sea where this woman, Rama, she completed a 100-kilometer swim around Salt Spring Island and raised $14,000 through pledges and online fundraising. We also had nine days of solidarity in October 2017, where a bunch of different local organizations and businesses got behind supporting Pull Together. That's also when we had Pines Not Pipelines, and we raised over $17,000. 2018 was a year that Kinder Morgan actually anticipated the project being completed, and they completely missed that deadline because of people-powered resistance and the amazing upswell in organizing that was happening, and they were rapidly losing their social credibility to have that project happen. And by that point, that's when Kinder Morgan really started to feel the pressure of how there really wasn't economic viability to see that project go through. And also with the strength of the court cases and the strength of people power, they certainly knew that it was not worth it. And so they were backing out. There was that wait period of not sure what was going to happen with them fully backing out, if the government was going to step in. And then May 2018 is when Canada did decide to buy the pipeline for over $4 billion taxpayer dollars. So this Texas oil giant walks away from this pipeline project and Canada steps in and buys this pipeline. And then in August, 
was the Federal Court of Appeal decision that overturned the Canadian government's approval of TMX. And they said that Canada fell well short of the mark on consultation. And then that's when they said Canada needed to go back to the drawing board and redo the approval process. Supposedly, construction was supposed to be halted, but that's up for debate. And then June 2019, after less than a year, it was reapproved in June 2019. They made very little accommodations to the different First Nation concerns that were raised. And then the First Nations were given very limited time to announce if they were going to file any new cases as well. And there's a clear conflict of interest there also, just given that Canada is the owner of the pipeline and they acted as consultant and regulatory agent. So that's very problematic. And then in July 2019, Indigenous nations filed their new cases and we officially relaunched Pull Together. In just one month with our relaunch, we raised $75,000. And I think it's more than clear that everybody is counting on Indigenous nations in these court cases right now to really stop this pipeline, especially with the decision that happened on September 3rd, which is the latest in all of this, where the Federal Court of Appeals threw out all of the non-Indigenous cases. They're not going to hear the cases about orcas or climate change, but they are going to hear the cases of the First Nations that the Pull Together campaign is supporting. That decision just makes the stakes very clear because now it's just First Nations alone in this legally. And for non-Indigenous allies, our best shot at stopping this pipeline is really supporting the legal teams and these challenges to make it the strongest case possible within the next few months. Tell me more about Pull Together and how it works. The process for Raven is that Indigenous nations contact Raven for them to start raising funds for their litigation. And so that's how Pull Together started. The whole concept is that it is recognizing that we need morale and we need to feel a strong sense of community, especially in times of a climate crisis. And for that, to happen. We need to feel joy and allyship and solidarity when we're fighting these really challenging projects that would have absolutely disastrous impacts. And so Pull Together really wanted to recognize that as a campaign and also be a really accessible space for a whole spectrum of people to get involved and feel like they're really doing their part. A lot of folks feel uncomfortable with taking direct action. They might not be in the position to be arrested. Or some other folks feel tired of the protests and taking to the streets, and they want to feel that they're having more of a tangible impact. And this is a tangible way for people to know that they're having an impact by raising funds together as this collective community and know that every single dollar is going behind these indigenous nations asserting their rights and fighting for that in the courts. So people can set up online fundraisers. They can organize different events in their own communities from film screenings to workshop events, yoga classes. One of the really successful Pull Together events is called Pints Not Pipelines, which my friends and I organized the original event of that. 
we reached out to a bunch of different local breweries and found a venue that also aligned with the values of the campaign and wanted to join the fight. We ended up raising in one evening over $17,000. We had minimal costs. I think we paid maybe $500 for the venue space. And we had a DJ and everyone was volunteering and wanting to be there because that DJ, that was their way to support this fight, was sharing their music. And for the breweries, it was their way to support by providing amazing craft kegs. And for the venue space, that was their way of supporting by giving us a really discounted rate. And so it really was this amazing collaborative effort in Vancouver of everyone coming together and figuring out what resources they had, what skills they could share, and how we can make this amazing event happen. And there's been so much other incredible effort from so many other folks all around the country. And so we're reaching out to so many different people, encouraging everyone in the community to be an organizer, to get involved. People can set up online fundraising pages where they just have to send out an email to their network saying, this is a cause I really care about. Please donate $5. Those online fundraising pages, some people have raised 100 to $3,000 or more, and that has huge impact. Others are organizing large-scale events. We also partner with different local businesses. We had a chocolate company support pull together and donate proceeds from their sales went to pull together and they put the campaign logo on their chocolate wrapper. And so it's this really collaborative, creative, dynamic effort. The premise is really getting creative and strategic with how we can raise a very large amount of money because that is what is needed to fight these battles in the court. Pull Together was incredibly successful at that. And so we firmly believe that we can be successful at it again. You talked about some of the interesting fundraisers that happened last time, but what fundraising actions have really stood out for you this time to support the latest round of litigation by First Nations? The thing that comes to mind is we just had an anonymous donor who I wish we knew who it was and where they were from. But they sent us a message that they had a dinner, just a casual dinner at their house, and they raised $1,500. So I think what really stands out to me when I'm thinking about pull together fundraisers and people getting involved are the really simple ones. Like Even though Pints Not Pipelines I'm biased toward because I organized that event with my friends and I was just totally blown away by the ability for everyone to rally and come together in that way and create such a big impact in just one evening. I'm also really inspired and impressed by folks who just do what they can and what is in their capacity. Having a dinner fundraiser, that makes a huge difference. $1,500 goes a really long way. And I think that it's really exciting to hear that somebody did that and that they felt like they wanted to get involved and make a difference in that way. Looking ahead, what do the timeline and the process look like in terms of both what's happening legally and in terms of the fundraising? We're always wary of giving out those timelines because they can be so all over the place. Kinder Morgan thought their pipeline was going to be done in 2018. It never even got off the ground. Same thing with the government buying the pipeline and then another year went by. So I think we always prefer not to focus on specific timelines because 
it's really crucial for everyone to maintain a strong sense of really enduring morale and energy. But at the same time, there is a sense of urgency with this because the Federal Court of Appeal decision on September 3rd specified that they wanted a tight timeline and a narrow scope. That's what they allowed to hear the cases. We don't know exactly what that means, but that's not the most encouraging thing to hear, especially because the problem with these inadequate consultations is that they're so rushed. And so everything in general feels rushed when it comes to nations asserting their voices and their issues. With Pull Together as a fundraiser, we are fully launched. We are going. We've hit the ground running and we need everybody to join us. We have to put everything we can into making sure that this project does not happen, especially because the other groups like EcoJustice, their case was shot down. Raincoast was not able to have their case heard. A lot of allied organizations are kind of out of the game now, and it's just Indigenous nation court cases being heard. That's it. So everything really has to go into this right now. And the sooner we can raise these funds, the stronger these cases will be because it will give them increased support. And now is the time that they need the support because they're hitting the ground, building their case right now. Indigenous nations, they're in this alone right now. And so we really need to stand and support them. And what are your activities going to look like in the coming months as someone who's part of the core team behind Pull Together? We're trying to empower everyone to realize that every single person has agency. Every single person can get involved and make a big difference. So we are doing email campaigns. We're reaching out and creating local chapters of organizers so there can be teams in different regions. We have an amazing campaigner coming on to help us with Pull Together, Mary Lovell. And we're encouraging everyone with organizer toolkits that we're sending out. We're making calls. We're planning different local events. We're planning on having more fundraising events. We're definitely going to do another Pines Not Pipelines. I was just getting emails today of folks who want to have comedy show fundraisers and a local yoga studio just shared today that they're having all their proceeds for the following two weeks go to pull together. We're gearing up for the week where we partner with different businesses and we reach out to folks and see if they will support us with giving a portion of their sales to the pull together campaign. So we're really just sitting around running with every possible tactic. Everybody has something to offer. Everyone has a skill. Everyone has a network. Everyone has a talent that they can cultivate and find use and purpose for getting involved with this Pull Together campaign. It's incredibly inclusive. There's a space for everyone in this fight. You have been listening to my interview with Maya Wickler about the Pull Together campaign. To learn more about it and to find out how you can donate or organize your own fundraiser, go to pull-together.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.
On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.